The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. If you're making a requirement for vaccination for people to get on planes who are coming into the country, that's understandable. You don't want to bring more cases into the country. But if you're talking about requiring uh, vaccination to get on a plane domestically, that is just another one of the requirements that I think is reasonable to consider. If you want to do that with domestic flights, I think that's something that seriously should be considered. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was Dr. Anthony Fauci on the possibility of a vaccine mandate for domestic travel. That's not new. He said that weeks ago, but uh, I think it warrants talking about it. We'll talk about that a little later on in this hour. We'll talk about vaccine passports and, and mandates and social credit scores and a whole lot of other things. Uh, and again, I'm just looking down the road and around the bend. I'm just saying if certain things go into place, could this follow? It's just food for thought for you. And I think it's, it's worth us. I think it's worth us discussing that. Uh, yeah, if you were just tuned in, you heard me talk a little bit about the Supreme Court and how it has uh, sustained an injunction against OSHA's mandates that employers, you know, with more than 100 employees have to require vaccinations. They kind of become the vaccination police uh, or there are employees that have weekly testing or masking for those who don't want to get vaccinated. But uh, it doesn't mean that, that employers can't issue their own mandates, right? It only means that OSHA can't require it, right? They they, they don't have the authority to do that. Uh, but, you know, you got local municipalities, businesses themselves. Uh, a lot, uh, there are a lot of employers who have actually issued their own mandates. And uh, I'm not just talking about you know healthcare organizations either. I'm, I'm talking about all kinds of stores. We're talking retail stores, uh, finance operations, warehouses, factories, malls, you know, all kinds of offices, you name it. And they may have this policy. They may be imposing it on, on their employees. And the idea, of course, is that, you know, uh, well, it's built as keeping people from getting the virus. This is a good thing. We're doing it to keep you safe and keep your, your coworkers safe. At least not having to be hospitalized because of it. But as you've seen over the past couple of weeks, uh, there are millions of new cases being reported. Millions of people are calling out uh, sick. At the very beginning of this week, I, I saw a report that 5 million people we're out sick. Five million people. As you see in your evening news or uh, any of the news media you might consume, hospitals are being, you know, they're, they're filling up right now. And uh, it doesn't be, seem to be having an effect. I mean, this, this Omicron variant is crazy. Uh, it is 70 times more contagious. And it is spreading like wildfire. I, I think eventually everyone's going to get it, which, you know, in some respects, if you don't have a comorbidity, it might be a good thing. You probably end up with some herd immunity because I know a lot of people have been vaccinated with two vaccines, maybe even boosted. They're still getting it. So uh, one of my colleagues I work with has been vaccinated and has COVID uh, for the second time. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, you just... <laughs> Who knows, right? But but never mind all that. Uh, you know the the the, the practical reality. It, it, the bottom line is, you know, this these policies don't seem to be working, at least against Omicron. So there are a lot of people uh, who didn't want uh, to get them because of medical reasons. They didn't want the vaccination, maybe because of religious reasons or scientific reasons, maybe all three. But what happened on the individual level was astounding. Employers are telling employees that they need to get vaccinated or lose your job. Maybe you're there. Maybe you're one of those people. I've heard several people call into the program and say, hey, you know, I may not have a job by the end of the next week or I'm going to have to step down. People were losing their jobs. I take a look at our military, right? I mean, take a look at everyone from Navy SEALs to the U.S. Marines 
who are being stripped from our ranks because of this. You know, even even people working for decades at the same place, right? 30 years and you are out and it's happening not just the military, it's happening across all industries. I'm joined this afternoon by Paul Kengor. He's a very gifted author, as you know, a great contributor to this radio program, a professor at uh, Grove City College in Pennsylvania, and he wrote a great piece. We're going to put it online for you today, and I would suggest that you you check it out as well. He joins me today. Uh, Doctor, always good to have you on the air. Good afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Drew. It looks like the Supreme Court just saved Joe Biden from himself. Yes. Because if uh, if this had gone through, there would have been an enormous number of people being laid off, quitting. Um, a lot of companies that have, say, 104 employees would have laid off five of them yep. to do whatever they could. And, and also, too, um, Omicron is probably the um, you know as bad as this is. It's probably the, the long-awaited, uh, milder variant of COVID that, that will probably give people the herd immunity that it's taken about three years to get. And so he'll prob- we'll probably have this warm spring with all of this gone behind us, and Biden can sit back and admire how good the economy is doing, and no one's sick now all of a sudden, and the economy is growing, and his approval numbers will go up because people won't hate him so much because he's cost them their jobs. So, so they just saved him from himself, if you ask me. No, no kidding. I could not agree with you more. You know, I, I read your piece, and, and Dr. Kango wrote a piece called COVID. Sue the person denying your rights. Taking legal action is the only recourse open to those bullied by unqualified HR mandate enforcers. And I want to read the first paragraph, and I want your take on it. It says, I continue to hear pleas for people forced to receive COVID vaccinations against their will, and despite their appeals to medicine, conscience, and religion, not to mention rationality, we all hear about them. Whether it's 700 staffers fired from the Mayo Clinic last week, healthcare workers in New York facing termination, men and women in the military, young folks at colleges, even seminaries, or wherever. I hear from them directly because of my articles on COVID vaccinations here at the American Spectator. Now, I know you are a professor of political science. You're a great historian, not necessarily a law professor or a medical professional. Why are people seeking out your advice on this? Give me your take. Why are you, what, what are you hearing and why are people turning to you? Well, I've been what writing kind of about this. Yeah, well, I've been writing about this from the very beginning, as you know, and I, I actually have a background in immunology and, and you know, did that in the late 1980s, early 1990s, and also I was a big supporter of Operation Warp Speed and developing a vaccine in the first place. Uh, but I, I don't like where all of this has gone, including the complete lack of respect for herd immunity, is, which is what everybody was pushing us to go toward, the complete lack of respect for natural immunity, and the complete lack of respect for people's rights of religion, conscience, and health care. And, and people listening right now will, will understand exactly what I'm getting at. Whether or not your religious conscience appeal or your medical appeal gets honored at your workplace all depends upon the person sitting behind the keyboard. That's what it, that's who it depends on. We are at the mercy of HR people around the country. And speaking of you know, jurisprudence and healthcare expertise and legal background, these people have no healthcare background at all. They have no background in ethics. They have no background in, 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 in the Constitution, in legal history. 
And I've met people who said, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, I, 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 I submitted my religious appeal. I said I don't want to get this vaccine because doing so would violate my conscience. I said this statement from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith or other people. Um, I objected on the basis of aborted fetal cell lines that were used in the development of this vaccine. And it was wonderful. Within a half an hour, my HR person approved it. No problem. And then I have other people, Drew, who send me you know, these horror stories saying uh, that, that it was rejected. My appeal was rejected with no explanation whatsoever. So then the person would go back with a medical appeal, right? Um, a friend of mine, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, Tom, who I think is self-employed, thankfully, but this is a good example. He, he had COVID, almost died from it in May. His PCR level is a 55. It is off the charts. I mean, this guy is so immune you can have COVID wow. and go up and lick his face, and he's not going to pick <laughs> it up. And, it, and his doctor has told him, not only, did, not only should you not get vaccinated because you absolutely and utterly don't need it because you're immune, but this could be very harmful to you considering your very high antibody levels. I've met people who've made medical appeals like that with long, long three, four-page letters with lab tests and everything from their physicians, and some HR person just says no, reject it or ignores it altogether. And it's happening not just at companies, it's happening in the military, it's happening at, at colleges, it's happening at seminaries. And what I'm saying in this piece is find out who this person is. It's not just the company, it's an organization. Who's the person that's doing this to you? And I'm sorry, but sue them. Because they have no right and they have no authority to be denying you your rights this way. And from a Catholic perspective, what they're doing is very uncharitable, very unkind, very ungracious. It is completely unjustified. We, we believe, as I'll quote Pope John Paul II, right, person and act, the acting person, humane vitae. Our moral choices define us, right? The way that we choose to act defines us. And, and if we're forced into a position where we have to compromise because somebody's threatening our job, and we're going against our conscience, we believe that that's a grave injustice. We can't do that. And people are forcing us to do that, and honestly, they really don't have the authority to be doing it. Yeah, my guest today, Dr. Paul Kengor, he wrote a piece called COVID, Sue the Person Denying Your Rights. And let's take a few calls. I know we have a, just a few moments together today. The number here, if you want to get in, it's 888 Four nine. Sue is listening in Utah. I believe she works for the Department of Defense. Hi, Sue. Good afternoon. Hi, Drew. How are you? I am well. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I, I just wanted to call in and just state that um, you talk often about how the military are being forced out, but I wanted to bring to your attention that also the DOD civilians are also being forced out. It is a process called progressive enforcement, and basically what entails with that is that as a DOD civilian, if you did not receive the jab by November 22nd, you were given five days in which to obtain the jab and documentation of proof that you had at least one vaccination. If you had not done that after five days, 14 days after you were laid off for 14 days without pay, and then after that, if you still did not comply, then they began termination proceedings. And this was also individuals who wow. would have been probably el uh, retirement eligible. So I'll be interested to That's see right. how that plays out because people don't really even um, consider 
us, um, because we work for federal government, you would think that um, unions might have spoken up or whatever, but there's been no one actually defending the federal employees, and it could result in people losing their pension. I would not have taken the job myself personally. Um, however, I'm the primary breadwinner of my family, and right. I need to work for about two more years. So I really had no choice, But because uh, right. I have worked over 20 years, and to just walk away, that's a substantive impact not only to myself but to my spouse. So I, I just wanted to bring that to your attention to let you know that there are real effects and there are a lot of voices that aren't being heard. Um, so that, that's yeah. Well, Sue, comment. first of all, thank you for your call and thank you for your service and for bringing that to the table here. She's right. It's not just Marines, not just the Navy. I know the Navy uh, discharged 20 sailors for refusing the, va the vaccine last week, doctor. Uh, but, but she's she's not you know u unique in terms of her situation. She's the breadwinner. She knows that she needs to take the she needs her job. So therefore, she is forced now to get the the vaccination. She otherwise said she wouldn't have taken. And you know, it's a tough decision for somebody who's put twenty, thirty years into to service, and they're going to lose their pension if they don't take this particular jab. I'll, I'll let you respond to her. Yeah, I, I quote in my article that you guys have posted a, um, a, a Navy veteran who's uh, just a few months, I think, from retirement. I, I, this is absolutely outrageous. They're being bullied. And, and I would tell her, as, as I told him, it, 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 call a lawyer. Have your lawyer call them. Ha have your lawyer send an email. You, you have to fight back. They have no right to do this. They have no right to do this. And, and, and at, the, at the very least, I, I, I mean, here in America, we have a very strong tra tradition of conscientious exemption, uh, of religious exemption. And I could give you, I, I won't name names over the radio, but um, a, a couple students I know at a couple different colleges who their, their medical appeals were denied by their college. But then they went back. It's not my college, Grove City College, a couple others. But and then they went back with, um, with a religious appeal. And, and also, this is why I shouldn't mention the colleges. One of the colleges, the person kindly said, hey, listen, um, do this again, but do it as a religious appeal. Okay? And this young lady did, and they honored it within a half hour. Be wow. Because religious appeals are really constitutionally protected. So I, I want to see that company, that person at DOD, that person at wherever, uh, you know, that person at this or that company or organization um, be willing to go to court uh, against American religious constitutional First Amendment uh, freedom of religion protections on this, because they're going to lose. Yeah. They're going to lose. So th these people are bullies. And, and the way to, you have to stand up to a bully. And, and the only way to respond is legally like this. They do not have the right to do this. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Let's go back to the phone. Sue is, uh, has a problem with some of the comments you're making, doctor. She's in India, Indianapolis. Sue, hi, you're on there with Dr. Kangor. Hi, I worked in corporations heading up HR uh, for a number of years, both in Chicago and in Indianapolis, and you are completely off base on this with all due respect. HR people do not unilaterally have the uh, ability to deny something like that. They are getting their marching orders from the board of directors, from the president, and they are basically implementing policy. And, yes, you might have somebody who, like you may have mentioned, who might be able to subtly direct some uh, employee in a way that might be able to get around the rules, but they 
are given marching orders. And so for you to blame HR, to they're simply carrying out the company's mission, the company's statement. And I, I really think you have to go bigger than the HR people. This is a corporate uh, corporate-wide kind of thing in all these companies. You've got to go to the source, and that's at the well, top. Well, with, with all respect, I think that's, that actually makes it even worse because to me this is the, well, we were just following orders argument, and, 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 they, and they shouldn't do that. And, and at, at some point in the process, the people who are doing this, are, they're carrying out illicit and and i would i would argue well it, it morally illicit orders morally compromised orders and why i'm saying name a person it, and i know this and, and because the people that are contacting me are saying if you just threaten to quote unquote sue the company it's going to go nowhere i've had people tell me it was only when i responded by saying i want the names of the individuals who who rejected this I want to know who they are because my lawyer wants to contact them. You would be amazed how quickly they fold and reverse and reverse course when they're forced to share their names. They hide behind anonymity and the fact that they are just lower in the chain of command. They're mid-level. They're just doing their jobs. And and I, I think that that's wrong that they do that. I mean, you know, I, I don't but I the do whole, think that they are following. And I do think that's a little bit misplaced. And also – I have had kids who I have gotten vaccine exemptions for, so I'm not. I'm I'm basically aware of all the different avenues and and and, and the trials you have to go through to get it. But if, if you're working for a company, and then maybe what you're saying then is an HR person who doesn't agree with that needs to leave the company. But the company puts down the mandates. The company puts down the, the rules. I get where you're coming from, but sometimes people are just following the orders that they are told to do, and they may right. have a problem with it, but maybe they need their job. Yeah, I know, but, but see, I, I don't like that either, and I like to know who the people are at the company that are everyone is hiding behind anonymity. And what I'm saying here is once it's you name the name, board of directors. It's the board well, of directors it, who, and the, and the president it, who usually put down the, yeah, the, I've worked at four large corporations. That's how it ran on all of them. Um, and usually it's the board or the president. It's never just the HR person. It's always on a higher level. And these were major corporations in these two towns. Well, the, the, the actual appeal is going to specific people with names. And in some companies, the people are, and, and, and it's, by the way, it's mid-level HR people and other companies that are happily approving a lot of these. And, and then in other companies, it's mid-level HR people who are just, you know, no, you're laying down the law. I'm not going to approve this. So I, I'm hearing about many cases of kindness and many cases of cruelty frankly. And, and, and I think in some cases, it actually is. Uh, it does depend on the HR on the HR person, even then maybe it does the board of directors, especially smaller yeah. uh, groups, right, with 100, 150 employees. I mean, not, not everybody is employed by a company that's uh, you know, a multinational corporation with a board of directors. Most people in America are employed by smaller businesses, by smaller companies. So, so I, I don't know that what you're saying applies in even maybe the majority of cases. I think it probably doesn't. All right. Well, Susan, thank you. I, I'm grateful for your call. I love 
the perspective, and uh, I'm grateful for the insight from that area of expertise. Sandra is listening in New Mexico, refused to get the jab, and was terminated. Can't wait to hear her story. Sandra, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. I'm so excited, and I'm glad you're feeling much better. Thank you. Thank you very much. I live in the liberal state of New Mexico, and I was working for a private industry. It was a doctor's office, and me and several others were um, released from our job. They gave us a letter. But it doesn't, it, it says it's not because of our work performance, and they have said um, wow. we decide to um, get the job. We're welcome back at this um, facility. So I don't yeah. know... I, I don't know. I know one person, I think, or was mm-hmm. trying to pursue um, a lawsuit. I don't know anything further than that. But it takes money, and I don't know if yeah. it's worth it. And they say because of um, it was because of the mandates from our um, governor, which right. I'm not a fan of hers. Sandra, thanks. I'm going to let Dr. Kengor respond. And again, if you're just joining us, he wrote a great article you might want to read. Uh, and it's been linked on our Twitter page. And uh, Doctor, I don't know where else it's been published. Uh, Spectator, I think. Spectator.org, you yeah, can find yeah, it. Yeah, American Spectator. Yeah, okay. and, 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 in, and in her case, that's probably not a board of directors that, that, that did that. And, and, and my general point here, and my main point in this article, is, is that you as an American have, have the right of freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, and even medical appeals. And the people at these organizations are arbitrarily and capriciously denying your appeals. They're, they're acting uh, you know, oftentimes as one man, one, one woman, moral tribunals, yeah. star chambers <laughs> with, with extraordinary powers that, that they choose to wield for or against you. And, and no matter what they're saying or their board is saying, and to respond to the previous caller's point, let's say it's even a board, okay? Mm-hmm. The board doesn't have the right to, to, to deny your religious appeals. You know, they, they, yeah. they need to go to the Supreme Court and challenge you and win before they could do this. They don't have the right to do this. And, and, and people need to fight back, and the only way that you're going to be able to fight back is legally yeah. and have your lawyer call them because otherwise you've got no recourse whatsoever. Fortunately, you do have the law and constitution on your side. So you have to exercise it and you have to tell them that, inform them of that. And it's not pleasant, but you know, they're willing to terminate you, man. They're, yeah. they're willing to end your lifetime benefits. And that is brutal. And also for the people who are doing that who are just following orders, I, I, that, that really bothers me. I, I would hate to be the one to say, say, you know, I'm sorry I'm doing this to you, but, but I was just following yeah. orders. That was the Nuremberg defense. Yeah, right? of course. And I'm not comparing this to the Nazis. I am not. Nuremberg, however, had a certain code of ethics based on natural law, conscience, and everything else, that is widely applied and broadly applied, uh, not just in the case of Nazis, but when it comes to your individual rights, period. All right, Doctor, let's go to another quick call here. This one comes from Kingston, New York. Patricia uh, has a husband that's been in health care for 30 years. Let's hear what happened here. Patricia, good afternoon. Hi, Drew. Thanks so much for taking my call. I just wanted to give just a little brief. Um, He worked as a uh, 
director of patient accounting for almost 30 years in our small town hospital here. And he was basically told, get the jab or you will be fired, um, you know, terminated with a cause. So we submitted a religious exemption notice form, as did two other women in his office. And as uh, your guest was alluding to, one of them was approved for a religious exemption. My husband and the other person who had been with the hospital for over 20 years wow. were denied a religious exemption. And wow. this was by basically they, they were denied. We we were given we were given zero reason. Wow. And exactly. we had contacted a lawyer. I'm in liberal New York, just like that other lady said. And <laughs> believe me, we contacted a lawyer. Um, $500 basically down the drain. Who the lawyer said. There's nothing we can do. You have to get the shot to keep your job. Not true. So what Not my true. husband ended up doing, he ended up resigning because he had a hand in his resignation wow. or he was going to lose, on top of everything, 10 weeks of vacation time. Oh, my god! So he resigned. Wow. And that's the rabbit hole we've been living in. But I wanted to just share with you one of the other women who, again, was ter- she was actually terminated because she they didn't accept a religious exemption. Mm-hmm. She said to my husband, I think that this other person, the one person they gave the religious exemption to, mm-hmm. they gave it to her because she didn't have health insurance through the hospital. She had health insurance through Obamacare. Wow. And this other person was saying, they don't want to give it to us because they don't want to incur the hospital bills with the insurance carrier if we got sick. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, but hey, and, be- and who's the they? Who's the they that did this? Because the hospital, the hospital. I am telling you, you you have absolutely no idea. And in theory, it sounds great. It sounds wonderful to say you're an American and you have rights and you have the Constitution. But I'm sorry, he he has been now without a job for almost ten weeks, and he's getting nowhere. He's literally getting. You have no what, idea. Why, mean, what was the rationale for him not getting the vaccination? Does he have medical concerns with it? What was the reason he didn't want to get vaxxed? He, 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 he has, let me tell you, he has a concern about having a, re, a medical reaction of getting the shot. He has severe allergies with prednisone. He can't get any of those mm-hmm. things. He broke out. He got himself into, he just doesn't want to okay. do it. And right. then it kept, you know, I mean, I do think in some instances it sort of spiraled. We tried. He submitted a medical exemption. They denied yep. that, too. Yep. It, it's just it's just you really have no idea as an American what people here in this country yep. are going through. Yeah. And it yep. sounds great to say fight. But, you know, we tried to fight and we got nowhere. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I, I do. I do know how bad it is. And this is exactly my point. And, and it's done so arbitrarily and capriciously, and oftentimes they will give you no explanation at all. You don't, you don't even know why they're doing this. And here again, they get back to the they. Who, you know, who are the they? And, and this was my point how, uh, to a couple callers ago, it, it, it's why I say do your best to get names. Mm-hmm. Because it, if you at least have individual names and people, when you're fighting, you know, the company, the board, right? That's a thing. That's a yeah. nebulous entity. But 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 individuals, you know, when you call out individuals and the individual receives the letter, it, it, it can have a stronger effect. It might not always work. And by the way, I'm not saying 
that this is your panacea. But right. uh, but you do have to fight back. It is outrageous right. what they're doing to people. They're not even honoring people's medical appeal. You know, Doctor, it, I've got, it, it, it's stunning. I, I've got to I've got to take a a quick break here. But I, I want your take. As she was sharing the story about the medical exemption, I, I'm thinking of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. And, you know, he says, look, I did my research and there are, you know, I have allergies, I'm going to have reactions to this. I don't know whether he ever got vaccinated or not. I'm assuming he never did. So he did and he's, he's still playing. But I, I see this doctor lose or this healthcare worker lose uh, their their job. Uh, it's, it's really tragic. It affects everyone from NFL athletes, like we said, to the to medical community. Um, speaking of Rodgers, and I know you've got to run, I, I just want your take. Uh, you're a huge Pittsburgh fan. And I know your team's still in it. Uh, what 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 do you what are your NFL picks for the playoffs? Well, yeah, and I we lost Ben Roethlisberger this year for a I game know. because uh, he he was out with COVID and he was vaccinated. He was vaccinated and then he got COVID, right? So so it is. Um, and, and Rogers, you know, there's still people running around saying, "Well, Rogers was taking horse dewormer. That's what he did." Yeah. You know, when he took ivermectin, which 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 is which has been used forever, so so it is. Um, most people who are younger, who are athletes, can, you know, are, are are okay. They 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 get through this, and and, and it's their it's their choice. It's their medical choice. Yeah. And, and and we've seen so many cases of athletes in their prime yeah. with with very significant um, heart side effects, myocarditis, pericarditis. And and these people don't want to. They don't want to take these shots. They don't want to risk that. And they ought to. That ought to be honored. And and it's not. And and again, it's not right. Yeah. Well, the article Dr. Kengor wrote is sue the person denying you. Actually, COVID sue the person denying your rights. Available at uh, our Twitter page at Drew Mariani Show and a link over to the American Spectator article as well. Doctor, I know I, I got to leave it right there. I'm grateful for your time. I look forward to our next exchange. It's always fun. Always fun. <laughs> give me give me a Thank winner you. this weekend. Oh, um, oh boy! Uh, I, I think Kansas City will beat my Steelers, but I just don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I love an honest man. Point underdogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for those Pittsburgh Steelers, Doc. I'm with you. Thank you. Because we're Philly, we're we're Pennsylvania boys, son of uh, sons right. of Pennsylvania. We'll catch up again uh, soon. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, good afternoon, and it is such a delight to take a look at life, all the challenges every day together to speculate, to look down the road and around the bend, as I like to say, what might be looming, what might be coming. I came across an article in the American Thinker. This was oh, about a week ago. And look, it, it piqued my curiosity, my attention. The headline, I'll show the headline, it says, The Vaccine Passport Pathway to a Social Credit System. And it raises the specter that these vaccinations and those who are pushing vaccine mandates and passports could be cracking the door, throwing the door open even, to creating digital ID numbers on a software platform where you, your personal information will will ultimately end up. And then whoever controls that information has real power. It's reflective almost of the real-life model that is in use right now in China. And I've talked in the past a little bit about Chinese social 
credit scoring and systems, and depending on your score, it can do everything from uh, determine the amount of interest you pay uh, on borrowing money to whether or not you can leave the country. Oh, that's China, right, Drew? That's not the United States of America. This is the land of the free. It'll never happen here. Let me let me just give you just a quick look at some things that have unfolded, and I, you know, of course, let's make it let's bring it close to home. This there are going to be all kinds of March for Life events around our country next weekend, and the main event, of course, is held in Washington D.C. And if you travel to D.C. for the event, I want to make you aware of something, uh, something that's important. You know, if you want to eat in the city, the city is requiring that anyone attending any kind of indoor event, you need to be vaccinated. Okay, you need to be vaccinated. That includes bars and restaurants and gyms and concerts and other entertainment venues and conferences. You might already be vaccinated and say, well, that's fine. Not a biggie for me. So starting on Saturday, for anyone 12 and older, you have to have at least one vaccination shot. By February 15th, you have to be fully vaccinated. But here's the thing. For anyone 18 or older, not only do you have to show proof of vaccination, but you also have to show a photo ID that shows... Well, that you're actually the person on the card with the electronic verification, where that verification's for. So now, I, I don't know what's going to mean for going to mass or attending events like the March for Life, you know. But I, it's something you should be aware of. Look into it. Do your own due diligence if you're going. And if you are going, I want to applaud you. Thank you for standing for life. Thank you for doing what's right. I wish the entire country, I wish every person who valued the dignity of the human person would go to, uh, to D.C. and let their presence be known. Uh, but this kind of law. It puts a burden on people coming to D.C. About three-quarters of the adult population has received one shot. 63% have been fully vaccinated, and that leaves, what, 25 to 37% of adults who aren't going to be able to do anything indoors in Washington, D.C. when they come and visit? And, of course, it's not just D.C. You might think, well, I'm not going. There's a lot of other cities, right, that, that you know are beginning to move in this direction. And the administration right now is talking about putting a vaccine mandate for domestic flights. So you want to go see your kids. You want to go take a vacation with your spouse. You want to go and uh, conduct business, right? You've got to go somewhere for a funeral or a wedding, right? A job interview. What if there was a vaccine mandate for domestic flights? If they do that, I'll tell you, it's going to shut down a number of people from being able to travel. And none of those cities or agencies are considering, you know, natural immunity. It's something we've not talked about. But you think, okay, I get it. I don't think we're going to see that here. Let me just share with you, just to put it in context, and Dr. Ann Kavukian is going to be joining us today. I want to get her perspective on this. Uh, the How the door, when it is cracked open, how the smoke can enter, right? How the fog can enter, and how things can be um, you know, distorted, and uh, ultimately, you know, th- things can creep in and change. The system in China is through uh, a completely totalitarian perspective. It's a bridge is a brilliant combination of, of national digital identification numbers combined with high surveillance technology and advanced artificial intelligence. I, I don't think we're there yet here, but we'll talk about it. Let me, let me fill you in on what happens in China. You may be unfamiliar. This is quite eye-opening, to be honest with you. China has a social credit system. Uh, will that be coming to the U.S.? And will the fact that we're now having these mandates for everything to fly to be able to get into a restaurant and eat, will that be a precursor to what China is already uh, experiencing? Listen to this. 
Everywhere she goes, Oh Young Hao Yu is followed. What she buys, how she behaves, is tracked and scored to show how responsible and trustworthy she is. It's called the social credit system, and in one version now being tested, a person's reputation is scored on a scale of 350 to 950. And Hao Yu, with a good score of 752, is okay with it. In fact, most people are. It's a mechanism like uh, pushes you to become a better citizen. It's big data meets big brother, expanding how the government monitors, understands, and ultimately controls its 1.4 billion citizens. Thanks to advances in artificial intelligence and facial recognition, and a web of more than 200 million surveillance cameras. Are people bothered by privacy concerns? We think uh, a lot of camera keep the safety is really good. We can accept it. Companies are experimenting with the algorithms to help the government create the new national social credit system. The government also has pilot projects. In one, citizens are required to do hours of unpaid work to get benefits. And scores are docked for things like littering, a messy yard, gossip, even jaywalking. And information collectors like Joe I. Nee are paid to report on their neighbors. Her quota, 10 entries a month. Good social credit gets rewarded with perks like cheap loans and travel deals. But a bad score means public shame and worse. Being discredited makes it hard to get a job or put kids in top schools. The social credit system will go nationwide next year, and few here are willing to criticize it. Something that may pose a risk itself for a bad score and the life that comes with it. Yeah, there you have it. That's China. I, yeah, I, I believe in our country. I pray to God we'll never see something like this. But again, I just want to ring the bell, sound the alarm, and uh, I guess just raise the veil and say, hey, look, is what we're now seeing, uh, could it be a precursor to something as, as, as dramatic as what we're seeing in China? I'm joined by Dr. Ann Kavuki, an executive director of Global Privacy and Security by Design Center. And she is best known, of course, for her creation of privacy by design, and, and it's been unanimously adopted as an international framework for privacy and data protection. And uh, I hope you'll check it out online, gpsbydesigncenter.com is a website, and you can follow her on Twitter, at Ann Kavuki. And doctor, always good to have you back. Good afternoon. Oh, pleasure, Drew. And I got to tell you, I was listening to what you were saying about the social credit scores. They are so appalling. I'm going to just tell you this one story. This brilliant student, high school student, I read about this a few months ago. Um, he just aced everything in high school, and he was applying to the universities in China. He got rejected from all the universities. Why? Because the social credit scores of his parents were deemed not to be acceptable. So they punished the child for the egregious activity of, you know, too much jaywalking on the part of his parents. Is that not appalling? It just broke my heart. Horrible. <sighs> Absolutely horrible. And, it's hard to believe when you, when you hear those types of stories. It's horrible. But my fear is with the vaccine passports now that are taking place, that yep. we are going down that road, that our freedom is being eroded. You have to, first of all, Health information is the most sensitive personal information in existence, deserving of the strongest privacy. You shouldn't have to reveal to people whether you've been vaxxed or not. It's nobody's business other than you and your physician, etc. But no, you have to reveal this everywhere now. And for poor people who are, you know, they have pseudo-immunized, they don't have systems that enable them 
to get vaccines. They're being punished all over the place. It is appalling. And even for people who just whose choice it is, it should be their choice. You know, I tell people I'm not anti-vax. I'm pro-choice. You have to allow people the freedom to make these decisions. Sorry, I get so exercised about this. No, no, I, I'm with you. I just say we just did a segment prior to you, you joining me here at the table um, on a lot of people who have lost their jobs, healthcare workers, uh, uh, members of yeah. the Department of Defense, others who uh, are are losing their jobs because they're mandated to to get the vaccination and you know yeah. th- when this becomes commonplace and there was a big supreme oh. court ruling today too but the the you just wonder well what's next and again i don't want to scare people and i i believe in yeah. the freedoms that are you know that we have in this great country but yes you know you see where china is uh the, the yeah. use of artificial intelligence and the technology they have their surveillance social credit scoring you have uh, you have uh, Fauci here who um, you know had said uh. about a month ago, right before Christmas, that he thought it was a good idea to perhaps have these vaccine passports for travel. And if we have another oh, Omicron God. variant uh, or something worse, yeah. you know, you could see it. A lot oh. of airline uh, workers are out. A lot of hospital workers are out as a result of this. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. you think something like that would become law? Do you think people would be open to saying, "Well, what the heck? I, I just want to travel oh. people who are vaccinated." It, it terrifies me. I pray that it would not become law or become. But people are talking about in, you know, I'm in, I'm in Canada and the province of Quebec. They're saying they're going to tax people who are not vaxxed now. They're going to tax wow. them. They're going to be penalties. It is outrageous. So fortunately, there's a lot of objection to it. And people are saying no way. And fortunately, in my province of Ontario, I'm in Toronto. Uh, they're saying, no way we're going to be doing that. This is your information. But it's being required again and again. And when you fly, you have to show them your vaccine. Um, and if you don't, wow. you're not going to be able to travel. It is appalling what it's, it's doing, amazing. the erosion of our freedoms. My guest today, Dr. Ann Kabuki. And Dr. Hang on one second. I'll take a quick pause. Sorry. We'll get that out of our way. And we can come back and we can talk more. If you want to join me, my final segment has arrived. Uh, you can get in with your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your experiences. We always love to have you join the conversation. The number is 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. You can get in now as we continue our conversation with the Executive Director of Global Privacy and Security by Design, Dr. Ann Kavuki, and taking a look at vaccine passports and social credit scores. Your life connected. It's the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, thanks for joining me. It's good to be with you this afternoon. If you're just tuning in, I'll grab a couple of your your calls. I'm speaking with Dr. Ann Kavuki, and we're talking about privacy. We're talking about vaccine passports, the possibility of them. And I'm not just talking about vaccine passports to fly or to leave the country, but as we talked about, a lot of cities around the country, you need them to get into any sporting event, any restaurant, any other venue. You wonder when that becomes commonplace, where does the line move? Does it Come the case for school? Does it become the place for your workplace? Does it, you know, come to to, to be the standard for any place you interact with anyone else? A lot of questions being raised as a result of this, and of course, you know, we have often referenced um, Anthony Fauci, uh, the head of the NIAID, you know, chief medical advisor uh, to the president, uh, on uh, what he recently said about wanting to have mandates uh, or vaxes, you know, vax mandates to fly. So I'm just what might be, I guess I said, Dr. Ann, 
uh, Kavukian. And, and Doctor, yeah, I want to get back to something you said in the last segment because it struck me. I'm sitting here during the break and I was thinking about it. You know, here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. we have what they call HIPAA laws. You know, they forbid yeah. the disclosure of medical information without permission. And yeah. you're right. It's as if though that has been thrown out. I think Canada has a similar message. Yes, um, we have people uh, the same it, thing. Is it different, though? I mean, when you're in the hospital, I get it, your medical uh, you know, professional or nurse, you know, they can't go ahead and doctor can't reveal that information. Is it a little bit different? I mean, how does, how does HIPAA work? Do those VAX passports violate those laws? In my view, they do, because you are being expected to reveal this sensitive health information wherever you go, to get into a restaurant, to get into a concert, to get in. I mean, there is this expectation you are going to reveal this personal health information and you're you're you know hipaa we have p hipaa here in canada i mean that that basically says no way you're not supposed to reveal your medical information no one can demand that other in, in the context of medical care but that's what's being demanded now so i'm hoping this will get into the courts that people will say this is absurd you cannot demand my health information my vaccine status but the other thing is people don't understand with the vaccines when they first came out a year two years ago whenever there was this big thing about if you have any kind of allergies that require like an EpiPen, you know you have allergic response you don't get the vaccines you can't do it you'll be allergic you don't hear about that anymore it's like gone all the problems with the vaccines you don't hear about in mainstream media nothing yeah, that's so true. It really is. I'm curious though as to where we are, Doctor. Uh, China, as you know, and we've talked about this, oh. has that social credit scoring system. And, yeah. uh, you know, some people see it as a good. Um, I am sure with, you know, the oh. coronavirus, uh, you know, with COVID and its many variants, you know, beta and delta and Omicron and all the rest of these, uh, that yeah. the entire nation is probably being vaccinated as a part of it. If you chose not to, then you're really going to be affected with that credit scoring system. Are yeah. we in the West that far off from putting something similar in place? I mean, this is your area of expertise. Uh, it it uh, sounds like science fiction and fantasy to me, uh, and I believe we cherish our freedoms, but how, how do yeah. you see it? I wish it was science fiction, but we're getting closer to that, Drew. This is my huge concern. There is such an expectation that you have to reveal that information and you have to get these vaccines whether you want to or not. You, you could lose a job. You could do. I mean, it is appalling what's happening, the erosion of our freedoms in this area. And the whole vaccine passport thing, people who cannot get vaccinated, do not want to get vaccinated, whatever, they are going to be so ostracized. This is my enormous concern that it will extend beyond just the loss of your privacy and your freedom. It's going to affect your ability to, you know, to retain your employment and all these other things that are just, I, I wouldn't have believed this a year ago, you know, it would have been unheard of. But it's growing, and we have to fight this very strongly. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, we can't take for granted the freedoms and the liberties that we do have. And you bring up another point. You talk about people who, for medical reasons, can't be vaccinated. I mean, they almost, right. because of their health condition, now become ostracized from, from the rest yes. of society, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And, and this is what there are a lot of people who are immunocompromised who cannot get these vaccines. And... You know, it's it's crazy. I, I'm so happy about, you know, the tennis uh, star in Australia now, J- sure. Djokovic, yep. Yep. Who's, who's not getting vaccinated. Thank God. Just some prominent people who stand yep. up and say, we're not going to do it. And the other thing is, the people that I know here um, where I live, uh, friends, colleagues who have gotten COVID, they've been the ones they've had double vax and booster shots, and they're still getting it. So the absurdity of all of this is just 
um, you know, beyond the loss of our freedoms. But freedom to me, Drew, is everything. You know, everything. I'm Armenian. That's my background. My parents went through, um, my grandparents came so close to being killed in the Armenian genocide. We have to take these things very seriously. It can't just be people say, oh, well, it's not a big deal. It is yeah, a big deal. I agree. I, I always appreciate your caution. Let me grab a couple quick calls here. Dr. Rick is listening sure. in Walsall, Wisconsin. He wants to join you. Good afternoon, doctor. You are on the air with uh, Dr. Kavukian. Good afternoon. Um, I have a comment. I would just like to uh, uh, say that I think um, I think vaccinations should be, vaccination cards should be asked for when you go to a private venue when you go out to eat, um, when you fly an airplane, when you go to sporting events, I don't believe those are HIPAA violations because you don't necessarily have to go to those venues. You can stay home if you want to. Um, But when you go to these venues that are loaded with 50,000 people, you should be required to show your vaccination card. Thanks, Doc. You you, you support people remaining basically prisoners in their home. I'm sorry to hear that. That 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 they they are not allowed to basically leave their home because all these sites are going to be prevented. They're not going to be able to gain access to it. I'm sorry, I object to that completely. If if a person is not able to get vaccinated, that should also be on the card. And and yeah, there's got to be exceptions, but but a yes. but an overall general rule. Like it, that. Oh, it's absurd. It is people who are vaccinated are getting are, are getting COVID. You think somehow there's some magic, you get vaccinated and you're safe. You're not. These vaccines have been developed very quickly. Most vaccines go through periods of development of 8 to 10 years and are tested extensively. These are not the same. All right, doctor, thank you for your call. I appreciate the perspective. Let me get Barb in, too. She's listening in Chicago. Barb, you're on the air with Dr. Kavukian. Thank you for having me on. I definitely agree with that, doctor. I have been a nurse almost 40 years and that is not a HIPAA violation for the vaccination. I'm not sure if the doctor's aware. We are still in a pandemic. I've had the shots. I've had COVID twice. And if oh. the people don't want to get vaccination, excuse me, doctor, then they should stay home. And also, doctor, we did take an oath to do no harm, no harm to the public. By not getting vaccinated, you are not decreasing the, the COVID virus. And I'm sorry, I no. do not agree with you at all. All right, I'll, I'll get well, you. Well, uh, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Dr. Kavukian, let me give you final thoughts, too, because I have about a minute left. I want to give you the platform. Sure. You know, to me, freedom reigns supreme, and privacy forms the foundation of our freedom. If you want to live in free and open societies, as we have enjoyed thus far, you cannot impose these restrictions. You must get vaccinated, regardless of what health implications may arise. You must get vaccinated. And what we're not seeing, there are so much literature coming out now, epidemiologists, scientists, etc., who are not being, their studies and their papers are not being published in any of the prominent, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you, you name it. They're not appearing because they're not singing from the songbook that everybody wants to hear that you must be vaccinated. I object to that completely. Doctor, thank you. I appreciate the calls. And uh, it's always good to have you here, Dr. Kavuki. And check out her website, gpsbydesigncenter.com. Follow her on Twitter as well, at Ann Kavuki. And I'm Drew Mariani. Until tomorrow, may God bless you. Have a great day.